story eleven of the human boy by eden philpotts this librivox recording is in the public domain story eleven the buccaneers of course even a kid can get a good idea sometimes and maine who i was fagging for said afterwards that the idea was all right whether young bailey or me thought of it first i don't know but maine lent me a book about corsairs and buccaneers and such like people and he said it was a great life though not much followed in present times he was no good for a corsair himself because the sea always made him dreadfully bad and besides he was going to be a bush ranger some day being an australian and well up on it but he said that drake and raleigh and many other men in our english history were buccaneers of the deadliest sort and had made england what it was so me and bailey thought a lot about it and wished a good deal we could begin that sort of life bailey said that in all the books he'd read if a boy began young he was generally a supercargo and went on getting greater and greater slowly but i thought boys began as cabin boys and got greater very quickly by rescuing people but bailey said that was only in books and that nobody got on quickly at sea owing to the competition he did not much think there were any buccaneers left but maine said there were chiefly off the coast of africa and that daring and deadly deeds were done in the mediterranean to this day he said the lawlessness there was awful and that nobody knew what went on along the north side of africa in little bays and inlets there not marked on maps when bailey heard that he took more interest in it and wished he had been born the son of a pirate instead of a doctor because he said he should have come easily to it if our fathers had been in that course of life but when i told maine he said that the best and most splendid pirates had had to overcome great difficulties in their youth and that it was the pirate who began as a mere boy at school who often made the greatest name bailey said he was a pirate at heart and i said i was too but not until we read a beautiful book by stevenson could we see any way to be one really then we saw that we must go away from merivale in secret in fact we must fly and bailey said it would have to be by night to avoid capture and maine said it was so but it was a tremendous thing to do and i asked bailey about his mother and bailey said his mother would blub a good deal at first but she would live to be proud of him when his name was ringing through england and i felt the same in a way because though i have got no mother to blub i have got an uncle who is my guardian and he is a lawyer and a conservative who has tried to get into parliament and failed then me and bailey talked it out when chaps were asleep in our dormitory and the thing was what we should really and truly be because there were corsairs and buccaneers and pirates and they all had their own peculiar ways so we asked maine which was best and he said buccaneers he didn't seem to know exactly what a corsair was but he told us all about pirates and he said they kill women and children and bailey said he'd rather be a doctor like his father than do that and i said the same but a buccaneer is very different being like raleigh and drake and a buccaneer may have his name ringing through england but a pirate never has being rather a beast really maine said it was like this a pirate always thinks of himself and nobody else 
but the best sort of buccaneer thinks of himself of course but thinks of his country too and after he has replenished his coffers he makes his sovereign a present of islands and so on which are generally called after him so that his name may never be forgotten and bailey said that was the sort he wanted to be and i said so too we thanked maine a great deal and he said it was a big idea for such kids as us to get and hoped we were made of the right stuff and promised not to say a word to a soul and we finally decided to try it and bailey said we must have a plan for action so we made one he said we must run away and work gradually by night to the coast and go to plymouth and get into the docks and find a ship bound for the north coast of africa i asked him what next and he said very truly that that was enough to begin with and that by the time we had done that much many adventures would have fallen to our lot and we might already be in the way to become buccaneers and i said i hoped we should make friends at sea but he said the fewer friends we made the better buccaneers we should probably be because it is not a life where you can make friends safely in fact no real buccaneer would trust his own brother a yard and i said we must trust one another at any rate and bailey said as far as that went he supposed we must but he said it reluctantly the thing was then to save up for the different weapons maine said we shouldn't want arms and that money was all we should require till we got down south but bailey felt sure we must at least have pistols because in books the man armed to the teeth is never molested if people know but the unarmed man often loses his life for want of a weapon we had one shilling pocket-money a week each and bailey getting a birthday very fortunately made a whole pound by it after we had been saving for three weeks so between us we suddenly had one pound six shillings and bailey said it was share and share alike for the present and always would be unless some deadly hatred sprang up between us and i said it never would but he said it might and if it did it would probably be about a girl if books were true and i larfed because we both have a great contempt for all girls well things went all right and on a half holiday we managed to get to merivale and buy pistols they were five shillings and sixpence each and the man didn't seem too much like selling them but we got them and ammunition fifty rounds each and bailey said that would be enough maine said they were very good pistols for close work but advised us never to use them unless in sore straits and we said we wouldn't it was the day of the menagerie at merivale that me and bailey finally took the great step of going we had collected a lot of food and studied geography so as to get to plymouth and we arranged that we should travel by night and hide by day in the heart of impenetrable woods which we did after the menagerie at a certain point on the way home we slipped it round a corner and thompson didn't see us and in a brief time we were at the edge of merivale woods free tonight bailey said we will get across this forest and do eight or ten miles along the high road and so reach oakshot woods at dawn they are on the edge of the moor and quite impenetrable so we got well into merivale woods first and made a lair of bracken under a fir tree and we cut off some of the fir tree bark and licked the sap which is very nourishing and feeding because we wanted to save our food as much as possible but we had each a cold sausage and a drink of water 
and then night came on and i felt for the first time that we had done a tremendous deed we're fairly started i said to bailey it's just call over at merivale now and he said yes if the fellows in the upper third could only see us i said it's a small beginning and he said it is but if things go right and we are made of the proper stuff for buccaneers we'll make england ring yet then it began to rain rather hard and i found that a wood isn't really a dry place by night if it rains and bailey lighted a match and said it was nearly nine that'll mean lights out at merivale he said but for us it'll mean the beginning of the night i sneezed just about then because water from the fir tree was dropping down my neck rather fast and bailey said if i was going to get anything the matter with me i had better go back at once because no buccaneer ever had a cold being men of steel and iron and i said a sneeze was nothing then we started very coarserly through the wood and bailey corked his pistol and i asked him kindly to walk in front feeling a curious sensation when he walked behind me with his pistol cocked i told him and he said it was fear but i said it was caution sometimes he whispered cave and we sunk down and got frightfully dripping in the wet but nothing happened and we were getting well on through the woods when bailey said cave again and this time when we got sunk down we distinctly heard a footstep and bailey said it was our first adventure and i said i wished it had come by daylight because it wants great practice to face adventures in the dark at first anyway the noise got nearer and got louder and bailey and me both cocked our pistols and he said reserve your fire to close range and i said yes then he said i see the thing it's bigger than a beast you would expect in an english wood and i said i have got a sort of feeling it is something out of the menagerie and he said then it will be a real adventure and i wish we were up trees but it was too late and something went quite close i saw a red spark and bailey said fire which we did at least my pistol went off with fearful effect but bailey's didn't and he said afterwards that he'd made the pistol man bitterly rue the day he sold him a treacherous weapon but after i fired we heard a human voice and it said hell then it said other fearful words which bailey said we ought to remember because they were buccaneering words curiously enough and then the man dashed towards us which showed i had not slain him or even hit him in a vital spot and we fled and soon we found that we had distanced him although we had a squeak for it he was a keeper said bailey and he will think we were poachers and raise a hue and cry we must keep on and get into oakshot woods or we shall very likely have to yield to superior force after this excitement i got a curious feeling in my stomach and telling bailey he said it was either hunger or fear and i said it was hunger but bailey said seeing what a heavy meal we had made with sausage and bread and turpentine juice only two hours before that it was fear i said if he thought so he'd better go on without me as i hadn't taken to this course of life to be cheeked by him and he said he was leader of the gang and i was the gang and the first thing was to learn to obey orders and then i got rather cross with bailey and asked him who he thought he was to give me orders and reminded him my pistol could go off anyway which was more than his could this worried him a good deal because of course the man whose pistol went off had the best of it 
then he said that it was no good having a quarrel between ourselves while we were not yet out of danger he also said that he believed we might venture to take one hour's sleep to strengthen us before getting on to oakshot and i said yes but thought that one of us ought to watch while the other slept bailey said he would watch first and he said also that we might get to the woodman's hut in the middle of merivale woods if we kept on past a dead fir tree with its stem white because all the bark was off which we did because the moon was now shining very brightly and the rain had stopped the cold was also frightful and my teeth chattered once or twice but i broke sticks and things to attract bailey because if he had heard my teeth he would have said it was fear again once a bough jumped back and hit bailey a frightful smack in the face and i was glad and he said he rather thought his eye was done for and he said it didn't much matter if it was so long as he had one good eye to see with because most buccaneers lost an eye sooner or later though generally with a stroke from a cutlass we found the hut and there was some dry fern in it and we lighted a candle end we had and took off our boots and wrung out our socks and each had half a current dumpling then bailey looked at his watch and said i might turn in for half an hour then he would wake me and turn in for half an hour himself he went on guard with another candle end and advised me to draw my pistol and sleep with it cocked under my head but i said i never heard of such a dangerous thing as that being done and kept my pistol ready cocked near my hand i didn't fall off to sleep as i expected owing to anxiety as to our fate but i shut my eyes and thought a great deal and after my eyes had been shut some time i opened one a little and was greatly surprised to see bailey coming towards me stealthily he had his pistol in his hand and first i had a horrible thought he wanted to kill me so that he might have all our food and money and then i felt sure he was coming to change pistols so that he might have the one that went off this made me get in a frightful wax with him because i saw he was very unreliable and not really as much of a chum as i had thought so i waited until i saw him stretch out his hand for my pistol and then i leapt at his throat in a very ferocious way that much surprised him i also said hell like the keeper had it must have been a solemn sight by the light of the candle end when we began to fight tooth and nail for the pistol which could go off we were both desperate and it was really a battle to decide which should be the leader of the enterprise and which should be merely the gang then while we wrestled and strained every nerve a curious thing happened for we fell against the candle end stuck on the top of a stick and the candle end fell against the side of the hut and the hut being made of wood with walls of dried heather was very inflammable and caught fire almost immediately and then bailey said we must agree to settle our dispute later on and fly at once so we each took our own pistol and were just going to leave the scene when to our great horror we heard voices and among them the voices of brown and manwaring who were of course housemasters at merivale exhausted though we were me and bailey made a terrible effort to escape and i think we might have done so even then but owing to the moon and two other men who were with mainwaring we could not reach an impenetrable part of the wood and finally mainwaring caught me and a man caught bailey and they dragged us into the light of the blazing ruins of the hut 
and we found out that brown and mainwaring had come after us like beastly bloodhounds and had met the keeper who told them he had been fired upon and then the unfortunate burning of the hut had directed their steps towards us and it's a solemn lesson in a way showing what risks it is for buccaneers to fall out among themselves at critical moments of course we had to walk back merely as prisoners of mainwaring but bailey told me not to answer questions and rather let them cut our tongues out than know the truth so they didn't get anything out of us and when we got back at two o'clock in the morning dunston was up to meet us and by that time what with cold and bruises and the failure of the scheme i wasn't equal to defying dunston and merely said we wanted to change our course of life for something different and had started to do so and i also said that burning the hut was an accident which might have happened to anybody and bailey said the same then dr dunston sent for the matron and we had brandy and water and a hot bath which was very refreshing to me but bailey said bitterly when he was in it that he had thought that morning never to have had a bath again he also said we should be put in separate bedrooms that night and that if either of us got an opportunity to escape it was his duty to rescue the other but i said i didn't want to escape being frightfully sleepy and exhausted and i said that if he escaped he needn't trouble to rescue me because if i returned again to being a buccaneer it certainly wouldn't be with him i didn't see any more of him until next day then we were taken in like prisoners of war before the school and dr dunston lectured upon us as if we were beasts of prey and he said that a course of faulty literature was to blame for our running away and said that the school library must be reformed but he never knew the great truth because he said we were only running away to sea because of the fascination of the ocean to the british character when really it was to be buccaneers and the terror of the mediterranean maine showed us all the points we had done wrong afterwards and he said the way we had fought for the best pistol was very interesting to him and a great warning not to trust in your fellow-creatures and after he had lectured upon us dr dunston flogged me and bailey in public which showed the stuff we were made of because though bailey gets very red when flogged he has never been known to shed a tear and i get very white curiously enough but i have never been known to shed a tear either end of story eleven end of the human boy by eden philpotts